Well, good morning again to all of you. If you'd like to turn your Bibles to Psalm 80, we're going to look at something that's in this passage, I think, that applies to us as Americans and to us in our own day as well. Would you agree that America needs God? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Psalm 80, beginning in verse 1. <clears throat> Hear us, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim that shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. <clears throat> Restore us, O God, make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. O Lord God Almighty, how long will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You've made them drink tears by the bowlful. You've made us a source of contention to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Restore us, O God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its bows to the sea. It shoots out as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes? Moors from the forest ravage it, and the creatures of the field feed on it. Return to us, O God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine, the root your right hand is planted. The sun you've raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down. It is burned with fire at your rebuke. Your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand. The son of man you've raised up for yourself. And then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Father, we come before you this morning. And Father, we want to just kneel before your throne, kneel before you and say that we are sinners. Father, I want to be the first to do that. I just say, God, that I too am a sinner and I need your light, your face to shine upon me in my life. And I pray that for everyone here today. I pray that for uh, our nation and our world. Father, we live in a dark world. It's getting darker and darker, it seems. Our nation seems to be further and further away from you. And Father, we need you to come to us, to our rescue. We can't seem to reach you, but we know you can reach us. And Father, we want your man, your man at your right hand to come to our rescue, that we might truly be saved that our nation would be restored in some measure before the return, that our nation would become a much more righteous nation than it is right now, and that more and more of our people would come to know you and your son. So I pray, Father, this morning that this message will, will go out, that people will hear it, and that your voice will speak to them, whether in this room or on the Internet or wherever, that, Father, your voice will go out with this message and it will come back and bear fruit for you, for your glory, for your name, and for our good. And I pray for this all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to see all of you survived the 4th of July weekend. It's a very busy weekend. It can be very dangerous on the highways. I'm glad you're all safe and doing well. Last Sunday, I talked about what makes a nation great. I tried to explain what my thoughts about that were. And I said that I believe a nation's culture and the nation's cultural view of God is what makes a nation great. How a culture sees God. What do they say about God? What does a culture of a nation, of a society, 
think and say and act about God. But a nation's culture is driven by the thinking and behavior of its people. People like you and I. The people who we live next door to. The people that we shop with. The people who we buy things from who serve us. The people who live in America, who are coming to America. This is all about people. No culture, no nation acts independently of its people. It can't. Every nation, every people, every nation, every culture acts according to the thinking and behavior of the people that live in that nation and that culture. See, you and I, we drive the culture to a certain degree. And maybe it's not going the direction we want to go, right? That's right. It's because there's more and more people who are driving in a totally different direction. And I think we need to start being honest about our culture's view of God. I think the church needs to be to face up to this fact that... that um, as Christians, we need to acknowledge the truth about America's spiritual life. I think we need to deal with this. I would contend the spiritual life of America is not good. I would say it's not good. I would say it hasn't been good in God's eyes, not Gary's eyes, but in God's eyes for some time. I'm not trying to speak for God. I'm going to the Word, the Word of God, the Bible, and I'm seeing what He is saying, and I'm saying this is what I believe He, he says. It is not a good culture right now. And that it hasn't been for some time. Now, listen to me about this. Listen to me very carefully. You and I, we are not going to save America. The church, the church is not going to save America. The Southern Baptist Convention is not going to save America. The political leaders in Topeka, Kansas, and Washington, D.C., they're not going to save America either. We're not going to be able to do this. Last week we read from Deuteronomy 4 what Moses said the nation of Israel had to do in order for God to rescue them in that day. And today we're looking at Psalm 80, and we're seeing what that author has to say about God rescuing the nation of Israel. He's begging here for God to come to the rescue of Israel in his day. And you see, the truth is, only God can rescue a nation. Only God can do that. Only God can rescue America. Psalm 80, I don't know if you really can see this or not, but it is a, it's called a lament, a communal lament. It's not a solitary person. Though this one person wrote that, he wrote that for the people in worship. So it's called a communal lament. A lament, a lament is a worship song that specifically acknowledges the wrongs that's been done by the community. That's why it's called a communal lament. So this is something that the body has done, the community has done. A lament is a, an expression of sorrow for having offended God. That's what this Psalm 80 is all about. He's expressing sorrow for having offended God. What caused this song to be written this way and sung by the Israelite people? I don't know. I can't tell you exactly, but I do know this. It would have been a grave, serious national offense that the people of Israel had committed for him to write it this way. As we look at this this morning, you're going to see that it's very serious what he's talking about in this song. You have the quote on the wall. It's, on your, it's in your bulletin. Adrian Rogers preached on this very passage as well a long time ago. And he said, sorrow follows sin just as night follows day. Doesn't that make sense? That sorrow follows sin? Aren't we sorry? Aren't we guilt-ridden by sin once we've committed it, once we've done that? Just as night follows day. And maybe our culture is saying, you know, I'm not sorry about sin. I don't see sin the way you see sin, church. Well, guess what? When you suffer the consequences of your decisions, sorrow comes. Amen? Amen. Sorrow comes, it follows sin just as night follows day. 
the people of Israel realized, they read, they read this, they sang this lament, and they realized they had sinned against God. The reason why they sang this song was for their nation's sins, for their personal sins as well, and because they knew only God could rescue them. And I think America needs to come to this point as well. Only God could restore their nation, and that they, and only God can restore America or save America today as well. I wonder what would happen if the church truly understood, truly understood that America needs God's blessings. Point number one on your outline this morning, America needs God's blessings. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, we need God to do something in our culture today. We need something to do in our hearts, not just out there. Let's just not just not put us out there on the other people, on the unbelievers. We need God to bless us as well. We need God to do something in us as well. Verses 1 to 3, look at it with me again. He says, he starts out the song. He says, Hear, O is O sheep, I'm sorry, hear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. You know, they were in sin, but they realized they needed God to shine his face on them. Expose that sin in their lives and deal with it. We're reading what the writer wrote about the nation of Israel and its relationship with God. And I'm trying to relate that to the relationship that America has with God as well. Because every nation has a relationship with God. Every nation is created by God. And just as Israel needed God's blessings back here in Psalm 80's time, so does America today. I don't think we can really argue about that. We really do need America We really do need God to shine his face on America. Come and save us. The writer called out to God in a very specific way. I like what he calls God. He refers to God as the shepherd of Israel. He shepherded Israel. means he took care of it. He watched over it. He guided it. America needs God not just for provision and protection, but mainly for spiritual guidance and leadership. We need God to just unleash the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives, the life of our neighbors. This means the people of America must acknowledge God and lament over our national sins. We as a people have to come to this point. If we're going to see God work in America today, we're going to have to come to this point where we lament, I mean, break down and lament over our nation's sins. We must ask God for forgiveness as a people, as individuals, but also as a nation. But there are many people in America today who know very little or anything much at all about God, to be honest. Some of our kids in Sunday school know more about God than many of the adults that we see walking the streets of Lawrence in in America. Oh, they've heard a few things about God. They've heard good things about God. They've they've heard that God is loving, all loving and all powerful. They've heard that he's all forgiving. He provides. They've heard and they've they've been told by pastors and preachers, Just be good. Just be good. Do nice things and God will be good to you, pastors have told them. He'll even take you into his heaven. Guess what? That's called work salvation, isn't it? Yeah. That means you have to get yourself into heaven. Friends, I tell you what, I've tried that route. That doesn't work very good. I've never been good enough. Never in my whole life. And friend, let me just say, if you're dependent on your good works to get you into heaven, You're mistaken, just like I was. You've been lied to. 
just like I was. You've been misled, just like I was. You've been taken down the wrong path to eternity. But friend, if you're still breathing, everybody take a deep breath. Yeah, you're still breathing. There's still time for us. Still time for you. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've been, no matter where you've come from in life, there's still room in God's heaven for you. But you're going to have to get there God's way. Not no easy way. Here's how God wants to relate to you. Here's how God wants to relate to people in general. It's from Psalm 4, verse 6. I think I put it in the bulletin. It says, many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. Did you know that shining the face of God on the people is a blessing that Moses taught Aaron to teach his sons who came after him to pray over the people? It's in Numbers chapter 6. Go there with me real quick. I've always loved this ironic blessing, the priestly blessing of Numbers 26. Number six, I'm sorry. Number six, verse 22, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you're to bless Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I believe America needs that today, don't you? I believe you and I need that today, don't you? We need God to shine his face on us, to turn his face towards us in spite of our sin, in spite of our, our wrongs. We need him to shine his face upon us and help us. This needs to happen in America before it's too late. There will come a point, a tipping point, they say, where things cannot be retrieved, they cannot be go back, you can't go backward. America needs God's blessings today. So if you believe in the power of prayer, then pray for America. Ask God to shine his face on us. Ask God to shine his face on you. Start there. Now I need to say something that's going to come across very harsh. But sometimes the truth is harsh. And I want you to know I'm blessed to be an American. I love America. I love this country. It gives me freedom to preach the gospel. It gives me freedom to walk the streets of Lawrence and talk about Jesus. It gives me freedom to be who I am. Where else could a kid from Kansas, an Irish Catholic kid, end up in an orphanage, end up becoming a preacher of all, place, of all things? huh? Only in America. But I do believe what I'm about to say with all my heart. And it's not easy. Point number two, America is ashamed of God. America is ashamed of God. Let me explain what I'm talking about here. Look at verse 4. The writer says, O oh Lord God Almighty, how long will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You've fed them with the bread of tears. You've made them drink tears by the bowlful. You've made us a source of contention to our neighbors, and our enemies mock.